When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Talking City, the Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm joined today on a wonderful bank holiday Monday by the two delightful companions, Stuart Brennan. Hello there. And Simon Bykowski. Hello. You've not introduced yourself, Rich. I think I'm such a brand these days that I <laughs> okay. recognise the voice. Absolutely. So. It's not about me, it's about Talking City. Yes. It's, it's not about the personnel. That's why I see it. All right, I'll go home then. Well, I, I need you to fill in these uh, next couple of minutes because okay. uh, City did play on the weekend, the early one, the Saturday midday game. It almost writes your weekend off as a City fan when you play that early into the uh, the campaign. But uh, a draw against Wolves, um, some media people have been making it out that it's a disaster. I know Liverpool fans are seeing it as the titles are theirs, City have dropped points. But Wolves are a good side, they went at City, attacked them. A draw may be fair in the end, but City did miss a few chances and could have could have won it. Yeah, I mean, I think a draw probably was a reasonable result. Um, you look at chances and possession and everything else, City City were, were probably the better team. You know, they hit the woodwork three times. Was it 72% possession as well? Well, that doesn't always count for a lot. 71.4, I think, Steve. Oh, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, trust you. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that, that Wolves deserve something just for the fact that they came out and made a game of it and had a real go. Uh, and it was great. It was great to see. You know, we, we get a bit bored with these games sometimes. It's great for City fans uh, seeing the team put six past Huddersfield and seven past Stoke and so on. But you know, you, you want to see a game as well. And uh, Wolves certainly made it a game. Um, and the fact that they won the the game with a goal that, that shouldn't have stood really um, doesn't isn't isn't the end of there. I mean, I, I think I think it's fair that they came out with out of it with a point. City will be disappointed. Liverpool fans are getting uncommonly well, not uncommonly giddy, <laughs> but they're getting giddy. That's for sure. And uh, after three games, um, it's quite hilarious, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, without wishing to disrespect Wolves, it felt a bit like a cup tie on Saturday, mm. in the sense that the home fans were really behind the team, seen as the underdogs facing these. Yeah. Um, you the know, Centurions the, of Manchester the City. The Centurions of Manchester City, exactly. And, it, you know, City played okay. They were pretty good. Um, they weren't at their best. But Wolves gave them problems. And like Stu said, it was just good to see a very good game. If you look at the, you know, the, the goals, Wolves one shouldn't have stood. City should have had a penalty. City hit them bar three times. So on nine other times out of ten, City would have won that game. But... The fact that it was an entertaining spectacle meant that you kind of felt that Wolves deserved their point. And as Vincent Company said after the game, if they play like that against everyone else at home, then there's a good chance City's rivals will drop points there. Yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think, like Stu said there as well, we think about last season, you remember the 2-1, the late wins against Southampton. You don't remember the 7-2 against Stoke as well. Supporters prefer, like you said, to have a challenge. We saw in the Carabao Cup last season as well that Wolves did give City a go as a change City side in the Carabao Cup, but do you think maybe City were a bit naive going to the game, having experienced it last season? Or 
I don't think they were naive. I think they were just a little bit below par. I mean, I, I spoke to Carl Walker after the game, um, and he was saying that he still he still doesn't feel 100% fit after the World mm-hmm. Cup. I mean, Pep mentioned this in his press conference that he's he thinks the problem with his team is he's still a little bit undercooked and not quite quite right. And that that I mean, you, you see them beat Huddersfield six one and play some great football, and you, you think, hold on a minute, well, what are they going to be like when they when they are cooked? Um, but yeah, Carl Walker said, you know, he doesn't feel that he's hundred percent as yet, and I think that that was it really. You're going into a game where Wolves are right up for it. They haven't had a, a sixteen players at the World Cup finals, um, and it's, it was a huge game for them. You, you sense that their fans were really up for it and full of optimism and belief. Um, and City are going there, not quite right, not 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 totally at the races. Uh, and I think you put those two things together, and that you get a result like that. I don't think there was any any naivety or uh, or complacency or anything like that. I think it was just just that really. Yeah, I guess as we lose before the luck just moves, didn't go City's ways. We saw last season that got those late winners. Sometimes it went in, and I guess yeah, can't I, complain when you had so many 90th minute winners last season. Can you really that you didn't get one on Saturday? No, no, and it, but I mean that's a bit different to luck, but. Um, I think tiredness played a part from the World Cup. I think also we're seeing things from the City team that we didn't see last season. I think they're trying to evolve. I think certainly the interplay between the forwards, to me, seems a lot quicker and sharper than anything we see we saw last season from them. It seems like, and with Mendy as well down the left, they're coming up with sort of new ways to attack and play, and that is still in its infancy. Um, I mean, I sort of liken the Wolves game to Everton at home at the start of last season or Bournemouth away when they won 2-1, but they could have easily drawn or lost that game. Um, you know, they, they've ended up with a point from Wolves. That they could have won it, they could have lost it. But, you know, they're on the same points as they were at this stage last season. And we saw after the international break last year, you know, they beat Liverpool 5-0, Watford 6-0, Feyenoord 4-0. They, they really came into into their own. And this time you've got all the Brazilians and Argentines that aren't going away with the countries this time. Um, and I think you will see a sort of a much slicker city um, after the international break. Do you think it's good as well to sort of get maybe a slight knockback quite early in the season just to keep the... Heads levelled at City, make sure they don't get complacent. Because when everyone's saying you're the team to beat and you're going to run away with the league again, sometimes it's good to have a bit of reality check. I remember that the hard work's still to go. I know Pep will be making it clear to his players that they've got a huge challenge this season. I know regaining the Premier League title is his main ambition for the new campaign, even if supporters might want the Champions League. But Yeah, it can work that way. I mean, last as, as I said, it happened at this stage last season. They drew at home with Everton. I mean, again, there were circumstances surrounding that in that Kyle Walker was sent off for, yeah. for not a lot, really. Um, and they fought back from, from a goal down with 10 men to get a draw. Um, and I think that perhaps... Well, that certainly did spark something because they then won the next 18 and set a new Premier League record. So if they do that again this, this time, you know, it could be that the title, the title race is over. I don't think they will. Uh, just going back to what you were saying before about the late goals, I think that is something that City are going to have to figure out this season. That you can't rely on you that. You can't again. rely on that happening again. That, that was just so 
uncanny. I mean, they, they score late goals for a reason, as Simon said. It's not luck. It's because they grind teams down. Yeah, take those chances. Uh, they, they, they test them physically and they test them mentally for for 85, 86 minutes and then just wait for the moment and then they, they, they will score a goal. So it's not luck. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just good football. Um, but... It didn't happen at Wolves. We saw Gabriel Jesus have a header that the keeper saved. We saw Aguero hit the bar with almost the last kick of the game. So, you know, that shows that the margins are fine and you can't rely on on, on winning games with late goals. I think that's something that City are gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to score earlier, basically. You know, they're gonna have to make sure that they, they don't they're not they're not relying on uh, that that little there is a there's an element of luck in scoring late goals because they go in or they they don't. Um, but they're going to have to sort of be more solid in, in earning the points, if you like. Yeah, and lots of people have been saying that Wolves have maybe laid down a blueprint for other teams to follow against it this season. Like we said, we saw the likes of Chelsea and Newcastle last season just sit back and wait for the inevitable to happen, City to win. Do you think there's going to be more plucky sides in the sort of mid-table teams that are going to come at City and say, <coughs> you know what, their weakness is still just attacking them? I mean, it. it's hard to say. I think... What Wolves did is similar to what Liverpool did and Shakhtar did and Wigan did. I would say those are all clubs who played to their strengths, mm. um, rode their luck, weren't afraid to take City on, but also if you saw Wolves whenever they weren't in possession, they were back in a 5-4-1. Yeah. They're very compact and tight, so it's that. It, it's just... Playing against City and trying to beat City is a very fine balancing act and you've got to have a lot of things go your way. Um, and But fundamentally, you've got to have kind of this clear identity of what you, your pros and your cons are. And, as, you know, we spoke to the Wolves boss, Nuno, after the game and he said, you know, we, we play this way like we're going to play against anyone because why would we change because this is what we're good at and this mm-hmm. is... You know, and this is why they gave City problems last year because they knew what they were good at. And so, in the sense that you know that is a blueprint, but it's very hard to carry out because not every team, you know, like United beat them three two in the derby. I wouldn't say that was a great sort of United performance. They just tired City side. Were, were better. Well, they they were better on the day. The circumstance they were better in the second half than City were in the first half. And. City blew loads of chances, but yeah. you know the teams that have had reasonable success against City have been the ones that have known exactly what they wanted to do and been able to carry it out through their own strengths and a bit of luck. You mentioned before that um, sort of player fatigue from the World Cups affected the way City lined up starting the season, but like to leave Rossani still on the bench. Do you think there might be a change of style going forward into the game against Newcastle? What do you think he is still going to be utilised off the bench? Because, like I said, Mendy's been such a revelation for City. It's crazy to think we've only still seen him a handful of times play in a City shirt, really, Benjamin Mendy. I think he like walks back from Wolverhampton, Sarney, yeah. after his <laughs> substitute appearance. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny one. We, the fans were sort of seeing the worst of that, you know. Yeah. We were getting, my, my, my Twitter feed was full of fans saying what are they doing with Sane they're going to drive him away you know he's going to he's going to get fed up and leave the club they're ruining him and I pointed out that he was on the bench for five of the first six games last, last season and the one he did start was the one against Everton that they drew so you know you can get despair 
a little bit too early. You do feel that there's a message being sent to him. Um, at the start of last season, I think Guardiola was a bit unhappy with, with some of his preparation and said so. Uh, and that was behind him being on the bench. He's, he's made similar noises this season, didn't he, Si? In the, uh, in the pre-season, yeah. uh, when we were over in the States, um, he made a few noises that he wasn't particularly happy with the way Sane was preparing. And like you say, the fact that he didn't go to the World Cup I mean, Laporte is the other player who didn't go yeah, in it, and he's, he's started. He started all the games, uh, so you kind of think, well, that's because he's up to speed. Sane should be fit and raring to go, uh, and isn't playing. So you can only think that. Uh, I mean, obviously, the big difference as well is that Mendy is is playing now, uh, and he and he provides that left sided uh, that left sided width and pace and power um, without without needing Sane. But I, I don't think it'll be that long before we see him. I mean, people are talking about it as one or the other. It's Mendy or, or Sane. I don't think that's the case. You sort of Huddersfield, you can put anyone in and make it work, really. Yeah, it? yeah. I, I think I think Mendy and Sane together would be great to watch. You know, it's, it's every option covered really there, um, especially in a game where you don't have to do a lot of defending because mm-hmm. neither of them are particularly good at that. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think. I think people read too much into it. Uh, as last season, Sane came back after missing five of the first, or oh, being on the bench for five of the first six, and, and then he, he finally got his game in, in the League Cup tie at West Brom uh, and was absolutely incredible. And then, then he followed that um, with that with a couple of goals against Liverpool uh, and never really looked back. You know, he, he made himself undroppable from that point onwards, really. Um, so you, you know, he showed the sights, the right kind of response last season, and that's exactly what Guardiola will be looking for him to do this season. Stu mentioned that there's Sire Laporte scoring against Wolves, a very good header from him. What, what have you made of him early on the season? Because again, like Mendy, we've not seen him play too regularly in City shirt. He's looking quite solid at the back. Yeah, I've been really, really impressed with him. I think he's been terrific in these first three games. He was a player that we were kind of looking to assert himself on the tour yeah. as one of the few senior players and because of a small injury he picked up he didn't play in the first two games and it was suddenly looking a bit like has he wasted his chances Otamendi and Stones and company going to come back and, and take his place and, and we haven't seen Otamendi at all um, for the first three games which is maybe a testament to how Laporte has played but I don't know he, he came in January and made his debut against West Brom with like a <laughs> pinged ball uh, diagonally across the pitch and, and he's got that in his locker and he's a ball playing centre back and all that but I, I've i liked his sort of the more no nonsense defending that he's he's been about these last few weeks and you know his willingness to to mix it and not be afraid to, to put his body on the line and uh, I thought that you know the run and thumping header for the free kick I think we're allowed to call it um, just kind of embodied um, what a player what a player City have got on the hands I mean you know he was club record signing for about six months and they tried to sign him back in Guardiola's first window I don't think too many people knew exactly what City were getting Um but yeah, he looks a real player now. He's been out possibly the the best player so far this season, I would go as far to say. That's quite convenient, because that was going to be one of my next questions. Oh, but, was it? Uh, yeah, like you said, I think Laporte does sort of personify, I think, that 
Guardiola's sides are really. He's got the stylish sort of ball playing skills as well, but any Guardiola side has to have that sort of physical backbone, know how to kill a game off, play tactically, and and really sort of rally your opponents up. And I think especially against uh, some of the sides like Wolves, which can be quite physical at times, well, it's good to have another option at the back in that sort of similar mould who isn't afraid, like I said, to be no nonsense. Put his neck on the line. And... Yeah, well, Stones and Laporta earmarks as the future of yeah. the City defence, but both of them have to step up and take on some of the qualities that Company and Otamendi have yeah. to sort of do that. Because when they played together last season, they were a bit flimsy, a bit samey and flat, and they were both trying to play the same game. Whereas, you know, I think the fact that Company started at Wolves shows that Guardiola still has some reservations about the two of them together on a, at a tough away game. But um, but yeah, the fact that Laporte started over Stones shows that he's he's uh, impressed enough with sort of those extra facets to his game. Yeah, I imagine three games in now, City at the same sort of stage they were at last season. Um, what do you think the biggest change you've seen from City this season is? Is it just that Mendy's come in and he's made them even better? Or do you think there are other players who deserve a bit of credit for the way they've developed over the summer? I think that's the biggest one. That's the biggest one. I mean... It, when you think about it, really, City set, set all those records last season without that Mendy option yeah. on the left-hand side. They, they were playing a midfielder at left-back for virtually the entire season, and that makes it all the more incredible. And you do kind of think, well, what, what could they have done if they'd yeah. had Mendy? Um, he just gives them he gives them so much on that left-hand side. Um, I mean, obviously, they, they had Sane, so that, that's probably the... <laughs> That's probably the answer to, to the question I'm posing, but um, five assists Mendy's come up with so far. Um, you, you suspect there'll be an awful lot more before before the season's over. Um, but I think other players have stepped up as well. I mean, Bernard, the, the, Bernardo Silva progressed as the season went on last season, um, and he's begun this season extremely well. He wasn't at his best at Wolves. I thought he had a good first half and came up with one of the passes of the game, uh, Aguero perhaps should have scored from um, but his development has been good I mean Gundogan I like him um, I just wish that he would have more influence on games you know he's yeah. neat and tidy and methodical he's got great touch and balance and poise he sees a pass but he, the number of times you think back and you think how many times has he, has he been instrumental in winning a game you know, we, we did see it last season. We saw him scoring important goals and, and and making the odd one. He did it on Saturday, of course. You know, I'm yeah. arguing against myself now because, of course, he, <laughs> he provided the ball in for Laporte. But you still want... A bit more. You, you want to see more from him in open play. You want to see him see him doing things. Like, as David Silver and Kevin De Bruyne do, you know, creating things, making things happen, making things tick. And he, he's not quite at that kind of level, I don't think, at, at the moment. Um, but going back to what you were saying, I, I, yeah, Mendy's the uh, Mendy's a big difference. Bernardo Silva is proving to be another big difference. Um, and as, as I was saying, you know, I, I think Laporte has, has looked looked really good too. Um, and they're perhaps the uh, the major differences from last season. Yeah, and do you think also uh, I guess the means that you can sort of adopt this three-five-two sort of fluid formation that they had in the early stage last season like you said before the link up play between Aguero and Jesus it's really promising as well yeah it, it's a funny one because Mendy kind of makes them look better but 
also takes something away. You could almost say unbalances the team a bit because mm. he, he's been getting forward so much more than Walker and does that. I mean, it gives the opponent something else to think about, but it's, um, you know, you're not sure about whether City are overloaded on one side and sort of breached in another, but it just underlines how much strength and depth they've got and this ability to play in uh, every position imaginable. I mean, you know, they line up in a 4-3-3 or a 3-5-2 or whatever, but it changes after five minutes and then it changes after another five minutes and, there's, you know, everyone is kept guessing apart from the City players who were carrying out yeah. exactly what they've been drilled to do on the training pitch. Um, so, yeah, it, Mendy does bring an awful lot and I, I think... Um, Stu was saying earlier about Sane and Mendy I think Newcastle with their ultra defensive tactics might be the time to uh, to put the two of them together and and see what they can do because yeah. you know Newcastle criticised heavily for uh, for not really giving it a go against Chelsea but they did the same to City back in uh, last December it was and they nearly got a point, and they nearly got a point against Chelsea. So I can't see that they will suddenly come out of the shell and risk a a six-one yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, sort of as we mentioned before, saying will this Wolves game inspire other teams to maybe play to their strengths a bit more? It'd be interesting to see what Newcastle have learned in the last sort of ten months since they last faced City and. Like you said, they sat back from the kickoff. I think, didn't they have the kickoff at Senior Point and hit straight out of the Yeah, John, not John Josh Shelby had a shot, shot yeah. from the kickoff. Shot on goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was their shot on goal. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that said it all, really, because yeah. it wasn't, a, it wasn't even a realistic shot. It wasn't like he spotted Edison wandering off his line and thought, I'll have a go here. It was basically like, this right, boys, awesome. this is what we're going to do. We're going to let you have the ball and yeah. we're just going to sit right back here and you're going to have to break us down if you want to beat us. So it was, it was sort of making a statement right from the kickoff as to what Newcastle were going to do, on. which is, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he looked to see if it, if it was on target or anything. He just ran back to the yeah. penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Defense. So you two must be looking forward to that game then uh, to Newcastle. <laughs> not sure if that's a, a yes or no, but yeah, not, should... not looking forward to it as much as it was the Wolves game. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. It'd be interesting. What type of test do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be one of those games where City just have to say, All right, come on, let's break us down and see what you can do? Siege. Yeah, they, Siege they nearly always are these days, aren't they? That's that's sort of ninety percent of the games certainly at the Etihad. Um and that's something that they've been working on. I mean, Cyrus talking about the, the interplay being sharp, you know, mm-hmm. and it is the only way. You've got to keep pulling teams one way and the other and then finding the little triangles to, to break them up and getting round the back. Uh, and then and then doing something clever with the ball once you've got round the back. I mean, it's not just a case of getting round the back and then slamming it into the middle. Um, I think Mares has been brought in. That's one of the reasons Mares has brought in because he, he is smart. You know, he does a lot of defences. Um, either with a little bit of individual skill, and and that's what it's about, really. You know, City have got so many players who can just go by a man and then then create something, and it, it's sort of taking one player or two players out of the game that, that creates a space, um, and that is the reality of, of what City are going to do. I mean, it, it makes for it, it, in some ways it's a fascinating spectacle because it is it's defense versus attack. And you can see you see it unfolding, but it doesn't get the crowd up. You know, you, the, the crowd goes quiet and is just waiting for something to happen, waiting for the goal to go in. Um, and it, 
as a, as neutral, it, it just it can get a little bit tedious at times. You want to you want to see two teams going at it, and uh, you, you rarely get that these days at the Etihad, which is which is sad, really. Great for City fans because yeah. they usually come out on top and they usually score a few goals along the way. But uh, sometimes not it's so great, more than but... just the end result, isn't it? When you play these sort of games, and like I said, it's yeah. the same sort of philosophy every week from the opposition. Well, it's just the way. It's just the way it is. Teams are so used yeah. to City tearing them apart, and you see, like Stoke went out of last season and got absolutely yeah. battered, and and it's not like Newcastle are beating teams four 0 every week and then suddenly, you know, retreat no. into the box for for the big boys. So, like I was saying earlier, you've got to play to your strengths to have any hope. And what was it five, six teams maybe that took any points off City last year? If Newcastle can defend for uh, 90 minutes and get a point then that'll be a massive result for them I guess you said earlier as well it's the type of game where Gundogan can sort of step up as well and try and break that defence open but do you think City will struggle a bit more in these games without De Bruyne for the next three months or do you think like you said you've got Mahrez in shouldn't really be a problem you can't really make any excuse of not having De Bruyne yeah I, I, I don't think so I mean it's not real. That isn't really De Bruyne's. De Bruyne's strength is coming coming yeah. away. Not 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 necessarily just counter attacking, but through. having that power and a little bit of pace that that, that sort of unhinges teams. Uh, you know the number of times you see him running from deep with the ball. Yeah. Um, you know the unlocking. He is good at it because he he scores goals from the edge of the box. Yeah, he creates things with, with his crossing and his, his passes, but. They've got plenty of other options. You know, they've got so many players who can do that kind of thing. The one thing that they will miss with the Brown is, as I was saying, that that ability to to transition from defence to attack, uh, put that little bit of spurt in and get forwards quickly. Um, but even then, they have got players who can do that. Mendy, Mendy's been doing it. You know, Sane can do it. Uh, Mares can do it. Um, so it's, it's not like they haven't got these the players who can do it. The Brown is exceptionally good at it. Um, but no, I, I don't think anyone at City will be using that as an excuse if they don't if they don't beat Newcastle and and keep beating teams like Newcastle until he gets back again. Yeah, he's dropping points once this season. There's already a few whispers saying City aren't the team they were last season, mainly from Merseyside. Then, but uh, do you think City will be worried by anything they've seen from any of their title challenges so far this season? No. Um, we'll leave it there <laughs> well I mean you know I don't want to do myself out of a job but I feel like any kind of analysis this early on is, is pointless yeah pointless. I mean you know we're three games in and I've already seen like will City go unbeaten for the year after <laughs> their point at Wolves will Liverpool win the league after three wins against teams. Palace Brighton and West, West Ham uh, you know are United in crisis <laughs> After losing Two. at Bryce, and, and it, it's it's more than football. It, yeah, you know, there's a an awful lot of reactionary stuff, and I mean, as I said at the weekend, you can take absolutely anything you want from that City performance at Wolves, positive or negative, because it, you know, there, there was so much yeah. or so little to take from the game, um, and I think you know, City are obviously going to be worried. By Liverpool, if Liverpool continue to to play as they are, but you know Liverpool top of the league is uncharted territory for them. Let's see how they how they go with that. We're only three games in. There's a big game at Anfield in October when City go there. 
Um, Chelsea have started well. They're not going to win every game. Watford. Watford, yeah. Three, if we yeah, want to talk about yeah. teams with 100% record. Yeah. Um, but I guess that shows the sort of... The whole scenario, isn't it? Liverpool fans can say, oh, we're top of the league, but so are Watford. But Watford fans aren't chatting. City, are you scared of us as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're always going to get a few pockets of, of yeah. fans at, and you, at any guess, club there. Yeah, you're allowed to enjoy it while you're on top because you yeah. never know when you're going to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Days, so. Football's about enjoying enjoying the moments when you win and Safe trying to forget the moments when... <laughs> you need to talk to City fans or... <laughs> Didn't start singing we're gonna win the league until they until they won at Stoke last season. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Almost and it was mathematically impossible for anybody <laughs> to catch them. And even then I know City fans who were sure that something was gonna go up. The FA were gonna deduct them points for something spurious and they weren't gonna win the league, so, so yeah. <laughs> but, but you've got you know, you've got this divide between the City fans who remember all of those typical yeah. city days, yeah, yeah, yeah and Jamie Pollock's own goal and all that and then you know the newer breed coming through that are, only really know winning and success yeah and... yeah I mean we spoke to uh, Phil Foden out in New York and he was talking about being a ball boy growing up for, you know <laughs> in his, so, you know yeah. was it City's uh, you know with it, how were they when it, oh really bad really bad alright so do you remember which games you were ball boying yeah the um the, the derby when companies scored the winner <laughs> you're like right so you see so a ball boy when they won the league yeah. they were that bad he, he said something like I remember the bad times when we were in mid table yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of City fans can remember a lot worse times than that yeah yeah but this is it this is um, you know the newer the newer fan I guess yeah I guess that's the, the change between City isn't it but um, not the only tournament that City are competing in this season the Premier League we've got the Champions League draw this week I know you two as our European travellers on these away days are excited to see which luxurious locations you could be jetted off to in the coming months. Uh, do you think City will fear anyone in the Champions League draw or do you think there's just going to be business as usual? Um, maybe I think the manner in which City got through the groups last season beat Napoli who were probably the best side they could have maybe yeah. drawn from part two. There's not going to be too many worries. City will be confident. I think every other team will be trying to avoid City as well. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's what everyone's got to realise now that that it's more the case of teams avoiding City than it is a City avoiding certain teams. I mean, they, they had, they've had that inferiority complex in Europe for some time. Uh, and it was only it was only last season that you felt that it disappeared. Yeah. Just unfortunate that they came up against Liverpool of all teams in the in the quarter final. Yeah. But yeah, going into the group draw, I don't think they'll give a monkey's who they get. I think they'll they'll be confident of going through. They'll be confident at topping the group. Um, and that's the way it should be. I mean, that, that's sort of the next phase of their their evolution, certainly in European terms, anyway, of, of realising that, no, actually, we are one of the best teams in Europe. You know, we're in the top top three or four, probably. Uh, and it's for other teams to fear, to fear City rather than City start worrying about who they've got to face. I mean, all me and Si are looking at is... Uh, his nice trips, really. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but it's also and, and awful trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avoid yeah. <laughs> Moscow. Avoid. Never shacked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, it's um, a a United fan was uh, moaning to me about their performance at Brighton, and he said, "You know, imagine if Real Madrid by Munich had gone to Brighton. I don't think they'd have lost, would they?" And it, it's just getting into that mentality as a City fan. As and as a club, the city of saying, yeah, we're one of the best eight teams. Yeah, one of the elite clubs too. in Europe. We should be making quarterfinals, semi-finals, finals, and as such, we should be trying to win 
first four games, top of the group. Play the kids. You get two games rest in the middle of the season then. Um, and, you know, same for last 16 like they did last year. It should be, um, you know, it's not arrogance, it's just accepting... Your new, start, your new position, isn't yeah. it? It's just not... Just yeah, like I said, just acknowledging what they've earned as as the club, and yeah, and and you know, and if anyone's not thinking like that, then you know it's a bit of a problem for them. Yeah, I guess the last sort of point. Well, it's difficult when we don't know who City are actually going to face in the groups. But do you think there's been enough change? Do you think how Mendy will be enough change for City to go further in the Champions League season? I know there's so many permutations because of cup competition. It, it's just it's those, you know, you can be as impressive as you like in the group stage, but it just comes down to you face. a few yeah. moments and a bit of luck, and you know, talk about bad decisions on um, Saturday at Wolves. Well, there were so many bad decisions in that quarter final against Liverpool. Yeah, you know, yeah, five one Liverpool, great, on paper, great results yeah. for them, and no one's saying City should have gone through, but there were an awful lot of game-changing moments that good officials or VAR would have picked up. Yeah, they, that that made a big difference. And if City had beaten Liverpool, you'd have taken them to get to the final. You'd have taken them to beat Roma. Yeah. And I, I, I'd have backed them to at least give Madrid a better game than Liverpool did. And, you know, I think they'd have stood a better chance of beating Madrid than Liverpool did on, on the night. Um, so it's, it's those fine margins, really. You know, you look at little key decisions and the fact that City... Uh, had a wobble in that in the first half hour at Anfield. Yeah. Uh, whether you relate that to what happened uh, before the game with the coach attack or, or not, um, the fact is that in that first half hour they weren't great. Uh, the referee made made poor decisions along the route, and you're out. You know, even over two legs, it, it makes a huge difference when you get to that that level. Um, so yeah, you, you just got to hope for that they've got to keep at the same level as they played in the Champions League. Uh, if they play a game, if they, if they play Liverpool again, you know they'd, they'd have to, uh, pra- I think, be a little bit more pragmatic and you know be a little bit more defensively minded than, than they were at Anfield, and, and do what Liverpool did. You know, still attack, but attack when you when you get the chance. Yeah. You know, counter counter attack. City are a great counter attacking team, as are Liverpool. Um, but I think Pep has this idea that you've got to you've got to. Play. He's got to keep playing the same way, yeah. no matter who he's playing and where he's playing them. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think that sometimes you've got to you've got to be a little bit smarter. He won't do it because that's just his way, and I understand why why he does that. Um, and it, it communicates a great message to his players, uh, and it, it's been massively successful for him. Um, but he's not been as successful in Europe as he perhaps should have been, and I think that might be the reason. Who knows? Who knows? If we're talking about City in trouble in the Champions League before March or April, then yeah. something has gone, gone horribly wrong. wrong. And this is yes. Now, I guess that's back kind of positivity to end on. Well, it, it, yeah. you know, it's just we, we talk about who they might get in the group stage. I'm sure next week we'll For, thoroughly analyse each trip going on, on. You know, yeah. the the opponents that they've got, but you know, it should all come down to few games in spring next year yeah that's something to look forward to but we've also got this trip well not the trip we've got the trip to the Etihad to face Newcastle this weekend which should be delightful I know you two are both excited for that already the defensive approach the attack versus defence yeah they are are interesting fascinated to see just how the breakthrough will come who will step up and who can make it and hopefully 
this time next week we'll be dissecting another City win and of course we'll have all the fallout to that Champions League and the England squad selection and suggestions Phil Foden could get an England call up for their UEFA Nations League game against Spain who knows we'll comment on that next week but thank you very much for joining us today make sure to subscribe on Acast for all the latest episodes from Talking City